0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Carriman. We are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing?
2: LJ, doing good. Uh, yeah, kind of counting down the days to when I go back to, uh, school, you know, uh, Certainly can't wait to be back at college and start my sophomore year, but excited nonetheless, of course, excited to talk baseball as we do every day. Uh, And LJ, I'd say it's about time that we get into it.
0: Speaking of time, Brandon, do you ever wonder what time it is? Sometimes. Sometimes as you should. Back when I was at college, I had a very important meeting with a professor about my final paper. This would have been a great thing if I hadn't shown up 15 minutes late. She was very forgiving, but there couldn't be a next time. And there won't be once I get myself a watch from La Terrain. With promo code MLB Daily, you can get already affordable and fashionable watches 10% off. I know the Compass has been calling my name. Brandon, anything caught your eye?
2: Yeah, you know, it... I, I think I said I liked uh, the the compass as well yesterday. Uh, but yeah, Lock Terrain is absolutely where it's at. Uh, you know, and for the spelling, LJ, you have the spelling there in front of you just to make sure that people aren't screwing this up. Lock Terrain.
0: Yes. Use code, all caps, M-L-B-D-A-I-L-Y, MLB, D-A-I-L-Y, at checkout to save at L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E. La terrain.com.
2: Go and get yourself a La Terrain watch. I mean, why not? Uh, they actually do look very sleek, very good. I mean oh, beautiful. A lot of people could for sure pull them off. So uh yeah, just uh be sure to go and check that out. But
0: also make sure you go check out our best of episode if you have missed any of the shows this week we will be airing uh 5 p.m today if you're listening so if you missed anything from the last week we're gonna have a lot of stuff from some from today some from yesterday some from early in the week to go through with you guys looking at looking at about 40 to 45 50 minutes of content There, from throughout the week, that you're going to be able to enjoy for your listening pleasure. Also, go check out some of our other Belly Up Sports shows after and before that. We're on all day, 24 hours, 24 hours, seven days a week on unhinged radio powered by Belly Up Sports. Brandon, it finally happened. It feels like we've been counting this one down almost as long as we've been counting down Nelson Cruz's path to 500 home runs. But we're finally here. Miguel Cabrera hits his 500th home run today. Brandon, can we get a little Mickey with it here?
2: I am so happy for this guy. Uh, when I was at work and I saw that uh, he finally got it. Uh, also, I didn't realize he was on 499. But, uh, I mean, it's just awesome for this guy, this solidifies him as a for sure first ballot hall of famer. No questions asked.
0: I think it was pretty much a lock beforehand, but now we're going to start getting into those percentages with this guy. How high can we get that percent? And yeah, this makes him the 28th player in MLB history to hit 500 home runs, as well as the seventh player in MLB history to have three thousand hits in his career, as well as five hundred home runs. Brandon, I asked you this question at four ninety eight. I asked you this question at four ninety nine. Can you name the other six?
2: I believe I can. I uh, I believe I can now. So we have Miguel Cabrera. We have A Rod. Yes. We have uh, Eddie Murray.
0: Got the hard one. Yep.
2: Okay. We have Rafael Palmero.
1: Yep.
2: Let's see. There's no way that Ken, Ken Griffey had 3,000 hits, right? No. Why can't, oh, Willie Mays.
0: Yes. You're missing uh, two.
2: I'm missing two. Okay. 500 home runs. Okay. Hank Aaron. Yep. All right. Oh, uh, Babe Ruth, did, did he get 3,000 hits?
0: He did not get 500 home runs.
2: Babe Ruth had 714 career home runs. He
0: did not get 3,000 hits.
2: Got it. Okay. Um,
0: he didn't get one of them. That's all that matters.
2: Why can I not think of this? I'm uh, Why can I not think of this? Because I know I got it. A-rod.
0: Kind of staring you in the it should be staring you in the face. Let me know when you're ready for a hint.
2: All right, I'm ready for a hint.
0: There are two active players in this club.
2: Oh yeah. Albert. <laughs> I, I was almost like, yeah, I was completely blocking out Albert Poolholes for whatever reason
0: especially after our tr- little trivia question last night was about him.
2: I know. <laughs> Jeez, well, I'm I am not good to Albert Pujols. <laughs> Sorry, buddy.
0: We'll, we'll try this again at 501.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every single career home run from Miguel Cabrera, we're going to ask the same trivia question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See if Brandon can get it. Um, we do have a little more trivia also before I forget to mention that of that 20 those 28 players that Miguel Cabrera now is in the club with, with 500 home runs only him included only six of them come from non U S players. So foreign born players, six of the 28
2: now. It's impressive.
0: All right. Well, we have a little special thing to go through and at least talk through with you guys here and we'll see overall how this plays out in terms of entertainment value but we are going to go to sporkle.com we have never really done one of these uh timed quizzes on this show and i think this is about the most fitting time to do it as Miguel Cabrera hits his 500th home run we are going to try to name all 28 players with more than 500 home runs in a total of five minutes or less um for okay yeah i mean i think that's
2: yeah so the only thing that it the only hints we get is the year that uh 500 home runs was achieved and then the number of home runs that the player ended up hitting over the span of their entire career so those are the only two uh pieces of information we get but uh yeah, LJ, shall we Shall we get started?
0: Let's do it. So we're going to go ahead and press start. We will talk through as much of the process as we can. Let's go ahead and start this with Miguel Cabrera.
2: Sure. All right. but uh, We got A-Rod and probably Pujols, right? Well, I mean. Well,
0: <laughs> I would hope Albert Pujols is in the 500 home run club. Uh, 2015, 540 one home runs would be David Ortiz.
2: Yep.
0: Okay, nice that one right off the bat. Um,
2: I think that one. Well, what are the th- other?
0: What are the other? Two thousand
2: nine could be Jim uh, Thome. Knew uh, T H O M E. That oh seven. Okay.
0: Okay. Um. Well, let's Andy go through Romero. the rest. Let's go through the rest of the three thousand club first. Uh, 3, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Rafael, Oh my gosh.
2: Raphael Palmero, 2003. 000. Okay, so, so far we have of 569
0: of, home runs.
2: We have six out of 28. We got four minutes left.
0: Okay, so wait, what were the other six other uh, ones? Oh, Eddie you? Murray. Eddie Murray.
2: We have, yeah, Hank Aaron. You might as well just put Babe Ruth on yeah, there. Yeah, I was Not about there. to
0: do that 714.
2: Uh, another guy I know is definitely on there is Mel Ott.
0: Yep. This is going to be uh, entirely dependent on my ability to type type, and spell names. Um, uh, let's think. We're missing, Sosa. That, we're missing people from that group, right? One, two, three, four, five, six.
2: You know, we got them.
0: No, it wasn't there's seven. Oh, that we just, the group we just talked about. Oh my gosh.
2: Well, let's just keep okay. keep naming guys okay. on the list. Okay. We, have, we we have Manny Ramirez. He's the one with 555 career home runs. very
0: who bomb. 509
2: in 2009. <laughs> or who has who get who got it in 2009? Ends up with 509.
0: So it would have been would have had to have longevity through the 2000s
2: yeah so we're halfway through 12 and we have a score of 12 out of 28 all right uh i know mark mcguire definitely got to 500 probably another one is reggie jackson
0: um mcguire (laughs) i've I've tried every single one Brandon, help me.
2: <laughs> it's M C G W I R E.
0: I'm I'm choking under the pressure. This is horrible. 14
2: of 28 um, with a minute 50 left. LJ, can 2003. you? 2003.
0: 2003,
2: 609 career homers. Oh well, you can add a uh, Willie Mays to the list. He's oh, the game.
0: Known. Yep.
2: Um.
0: Sammy Sosa was 2000. Yep.
2: Yeah, all right. 16 out of 28. We're um, missing someone from 2009 who hit 509 career homers and then 2007 with 521. Oh, uh, Ken. How about
0: this other Griffiths- six? Th- oh, Griffey? Yeah. Yeah. I will say 630 is a pretty uh, crooked number for this group. So we're out of the 600 groups. So uh, I think
2: Harmon Killebrew. Has five hundred career home runs. K I L L E Brew. Okay.
0: Eighteen out of twenty-eight.
2: Um Jimmy Fox. Hank Greenberg. Um geez who else we're gonna miss some pretty obvious ones probably oh yeah
0: it's gonna be kind of embarrassing two in the same year that might actually be able to have
2: 30 seconds left
0: 90. let's focus on 67 two in the same year so who would have been
2: 1967 hmm I want to know who this is in two thousand. Oh, try try to, uh, Chipper Jones. There's no way he got five hundred home oh, runs, right? Yeah, right. no, not a chance. Two seconds, one second. All right, we ended up with
0: oh, out oh, of- Brandon. 100. We 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 mess up bad. Yeah,
2: we we really miss. Some- oh no. To be fair, we are recording, which means we. <laughs> We have to, you know, do a lot more than just talk to each other. and yeah,
0: we have to put together quality content while doing this. But that being said, we did manage to miss both Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle, who both hit 521 and 536, respectively. In my defense, Ted Williams is the king of the per-year stats. So, honestly, in my head, I did not think he was going to actually – be able to get to 500 like he's, gonna he's guy was going to average 40 43 home runs a year for his career and not hit 500 uh
2: uh look i'm just going to apologize to all the people for the last five minutes who are probably screaming at us to uh
0: <laughs>
2: get the two most famous games.
0: players from our respective fan bases
2: yeah i'm really sorry uh <laughs> Y- you know the, uh, i i don't think there's an excuse for that <laughs> you
0: know that. all right so I, I feel like my logic was sound brandon did you just forget mantle
2: yeah you know under the, I, did, I, I, I thought, thought
0: i should have heard. said something because i didn't want to sound like an idiot and i figured if mantle was even close brandon would have said it and so i just kept my mouth shut i probably oh no,
2: it's you probably should have. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> no, Well, let's go through the other names we missed. Eddie Matthews, Ernie Banks, Frank Robinson, Willie McCovey, Mike Schmidt, Frank Thomas, Gary Sheffield.
0: I feel like Frank Thomas, Mike Schmidt, and Gary Sheffield are like a a tier two of completely unacceptable.
2: I mean, Gary Sheffield is a little, eh, maybe... Yeah. I don't know. Frank Robinson LJ had 586 career homers. I mean, he's that's kind of a crooked number, too.
0: That is a crooked number. And you know what? The saddest part, and it might be just the era. I very much do not remember hearing this guy's name mentioned like ever. This is a two time MVP.
2: One thing. Well, the fun thing about Frank Robinson LJ, he has the most amount of things on his baseball reference page so like you see there at the top how it says hall of fame MVP, triple crown all that no other player on the site has more of those than than wow. he does
0: wow Yeah, had to go through that hall of famer two-time mvp rookie of the year triple crown winner clown 14-time all-star two-time world series champion a gold glove a world series mvp a batting title, an all-star game MVP, a major league player of the year, and a manager of the year award. What I'm also partially interested in is his nickname section, because these might be two of the most random nicknames I've ever heard. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they make perfect sense for him. However, most guys, when they have multiple nicknames, they're all within the same general theme his two nicknames listed here are the judge or pencils
2: pencils like you mean pencils like like a school pen like like yes,
0: a, like not a pen but a pencil
2: like i'm gonna write something down with a pencil with
0: pencils yes <laughs> they do not seem related at all like i can't They're figure out the correlation
2: robinson
0: Frank Pencils Robinson is
2: oh pencils plural yes
0: mo- plural plural plural
2: multiple pencils Robinson. <laughs> oh.
0: Jesus, this man, Xavier Inst- University in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oak born and raised in Oakland. No, born Belmont, Texas, raised in Oakland, California interesting guy i i look forward to learning more about frank robinson as for the rest of this list um overall i would say we were relatively successful you know for especially for the first time that we've done one of these on air like yeah we 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 were eight percent above the average score on on air for the first time in five minutes trying to name 20 guys 28 guys
2: not bad it was also two of us compared to probably most people take it by themselves. So yeah, no, not bad though. I'm not going to dis discredit what we did, even though we missed two of the greatest hitters in the history of the game, but uh, that's especially our franchises, but that's, that's okay. Uh, But LJ, we have more content tonight, certainly than, than, than just this and, this segment, this, this next segment is going to be quite interesting. As you said that, you might have some comments that could potentially get us canceled regarding a certain topic. Now, I'm certainly hoping as we're on air here that we don't get to that point. But I would love to see where, where, this, where this goes.
0: Absolutely. You know what? That's the one thing that you should expect from this show. We're not going to hold back. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our first bout of Little League World Series coverage, where the hot takes really begin. Brandon, how much of this tournament have you caught?
2: Not a lot, but I can tell you one thing. I saw the South Dakota pitcher. This kid was... watch Gavin Weir. He was throwing 78 miles an hour, and that's equivalent to a 101 mile an hour fastball because the mound is only 46 feet away in in a little league compared to the 60 foot mound in the MLB. I mean, LJ, these kids uh, they have the reaction time as if they're facing a rollish
0: Chapman. You know, and it, it's like it's amazing because you're talking about that. You haven't even mentioned the breaking stuff yet. On Gavin Weir, it is absolutely insane, insane movement. And at that age, no matter what speed the guy's throwing, what he is doing with a baseball is unhittable. And that's why you have seen in his first Little League World Series, as in the full tournament, first game, five and two-thirds of an inning of a six-inning game, he strikes out. Fifteen batters. He got. Th- he had to rely on his defense for only three outs.
2: Two defense- outs. Two outs.
0: Three.
2: Five and two thirds innings, and he had fifteen strikeouts. Five times. Oh, two
0: three. All right. So no, three for the entire game. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I didn't get that math correct the first time. Um, yeah. So you've got three. Shoot. Yeah. Three times the defense had to actually make a play. In this game. Okay. And they dominate. Of course, that is the first of two w- no hitters so far. We had one but that's that. That's all I've
2: caught of the tournament. I couldn't tell you who else is good, who else is bad, what international teams are looking good. Well,
0: you see, that's the thing, Brendan. There are no international teams. Due oh, to, co- to COVID 19, they are not bringing any of the international players over this year. So, unfortunately, that's one thing that really upsets me.
2: That's a bummer.
0: Yeah, because you know what? Majors' age range is only two years. Of course, the best players probably start playing up three, maybe four years ahead of schedule. So, if you have some really good players, they're certainly going to have another crack at this. But if you're like the Japan team, you're – 11, 12 year olds, or your 11 year old, or more so your 11 year olds last year, will never get an actual opportunity to compete for the Little League World Series, not even for the regional title. Because, of course, COVID had hit well before base, Little League Baseball season had even started, let alone an all star game. And now, not having the opportunity to go this year means an entire generation of kids overseas didn't get to go. Again, I understand the reasoning of not wanting to do all that travel but at the same time it's just it's so unfortunate for these kids especially when you consider how low risk most children are especially at that 11 12 year old range they're certainly not like once you start getting into your 15 16 17 year olds it the the risk of course increases but we're not seeing a ton of kids get significantly affected by this virus. That's not a reason to take a chance, but if I were a kid in that situation, it would be absolutely brutal for me to know that the reason I'm not able to compete for the greatest honor, one of the greatest honors in our sport is because of a virus that odds are isn't going to affect me.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, then like not even turning it into a COVID thing, but it's just like, it's just another thing that it just sucks about the whole pandemic as a whole, and not even trying to make this about the pandemic or anything like that. I mean, there's still going to be great baseball played uh, over the next few days. Next week, I believe the tournament runs through. It's not. It's not a very long tournament, I know, but uh,
0: no, the last game is the twenty ninth of.
2: So next week, okay, yeah. So uh, LJ, do you have any other insight here? I mean, what have, I
0: do. What have of course, I ahead? have followed a lot of this uh, tournament. <clears throat> um, one thing to note was, I believe it was yesterday, and if I am correct, it was the Washington game. Uh, there were there are now two no hitters in this tournament. Okay. To add on to the weird insanity. That happened in regionals as well to backtrack for those of you who don't know, cause we kind of got off to- off him for a second there. This guy, not only has he struck out j- close to as many batters in his other performance outings as he did in that last outing, but in regional co- competition and little league world series, he has thrown or been a part of two, no hitters in a perfect game. He threw a no-hitter by himself, a perfect game by himself from the combined no-hitter because of pitch count on Friday night. And then Saturday, and I believe I'm like 90% sure it was the Florida-Washington elimination game that we got a full no-hitter from a kid. Absolutely fantastic to see. So... Of course, for those of you who are wondering how this tournament is set up now, we've got a brand new bracket with two separate sides: the Hank Aaron bracket and the Tom Seaver bracket. To differentiate, because each t- each region has now brought two two teams. So the two teams that played for the the regional title are both going to Williamsport this year, both competing. So that also was cool to see. But other than that, um let's see what other important instances have happened. Oh, Todd Frazier's nephew is in this game, is in this tournament. He will be playing uh, yes, again. As the,
2: the, the Little League World Series on ESPN cannot be – Mentioned without also bringing up Todd Frazier, any any mention of his name, LJ. Did you know that Todd Frazier won the Little League World Series? Ooh, I was, I was just wondering if you've ever seen that before.
0: How could I possibly have known that? Um, no, look, yeah. So of course they they've interviewed him about a million times so far in this tournament. As he's and he's only played two games. This kid. They first lost to Nebraska 5 to 2 before destroying Connecticut in the elimination game 11 to 4.
1: you
0: if you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov pact to learn more and file your claim uh they will play the infamous tba cousin of tbd in game number 17 on the 24th so that would be on tuesday they will be playing them for their game three i'm not sure any specifics on that other than that this this tournament's gone really well it's been a lot of fun to watch of course the Rain today really threw a wrench into everybody's plans, having uh, Hurricane Henri on making landfall really stirred up trouble for them in Pennsylvania, so hopefully the tournament isn't completely screwed up by that. But Brandon, the other big story or a big story that ESPN has made out of this is we have another girl in this tournament.
2: Oh, very exciting
0: catcher ella brunning is making has made her appearance here at the little league world series and brandon this is where we might get canceled this is where the hot takes arrive okay i am sick and tired of all this history making record-breaking female phenomena bs that espn try, tries to make because not only is it in this finally gotten to the point where if i were the girl i would be embarrassed but it should be embarrassing for the network how much they're grasping at straws for this first off let me start with saying she is the first catcher to female catcher to play in the little league world series that's
2: impressive like that's
0: incredibly impressive and i've watched her and again This is not me making a knock on her in any way, shape, or form. She's a fantastic player, a really good catcher, too. And that shouldn't be surprising by any way, shape, or form. But look, I have always stood on this ground that it at least appears to me when you overhype and oversell the first woman to do this, first woman to do that stuff. Really first person
2: to do anything. Like, it doesn't have to be girl It could be died too. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Either way, you know, first in anything like that, when they're making those types of narratives, it is the last thing that's empowered. It's the least empowering thing for any group. Because this, by doing that, yes, you're acknowledging somebody's greatness. However, at the same time, it has this undertone of, this is the exception, not the rule. And frankly, especially at this age. I mean, we can certainly talk about the science or maybe we shouldn't because we're not a science podcast. We are a baseball podcast, but I mean, the male and female body are certainly different. And those types of changes can be much more noticeable the older you get, but certainly at the age of 11 or 12, any girl that works, works hard enough is more than capable of being better than most of these boys. So I don't, buy, I don't buy that it's such a um, so shocking thing that they make that a lot of these stories make it out to be. However, it gets a little worse with this one because of the way that they try to still use that same spin to hype her rather than just hyping her based on how good she is by trying to deal with the numbers. Brandon, this is how they first advertised her, ESPN did for the Little League World Series. The 20th girl to play in the Little League World Series. <laughs> okay. Now, now doesn't that seem like you're really grasping at straws here? Like, I mean, come on. That's that's almost so, disrespectful to her that you're so
2: if she was the 21st girl, were they gonna write down were they gonna show 21st girl or no? Because it's not a cement, it's like not a nice number.
0: I don't, I don't think they care. I don't think I think they'd do it with the at this point in time. I think they'd do it with the fifty-third girl, as well. She was also the third girl in the Little League World Series history to have a multi-hit game, which again impressive deserves all the credit for it. But why can't we just talk about how she had this incredible game and really get into the game rather than having to go through all of this BS about the first to do this or one of the first to do that it's like it's demeaning and it's like they're it's like they're trying to detract and distract people from the actual achievement i think so that's really been but then bugging me over the last couple of days
2: no i i i get that uh look I, when i played in minors right so that was so that's the level that's 9-10 yeah 9 and 10 years old there was a girl who was legitimately one of the five best players in that league she would pitch she kicked everyone's ass like she was probably one of the best pitchers and also one of the best hitters in the league. And everyone was just like, okay, like it is what it is. There, there was no big deal about it. It was just like, she's just better than everyone. And we're just going to deal with it. And that's just how it was. She's now playing D1 college basketball. So safe to say that she, she, she made it. Uh, But no, LJ, I agree with, with, with what you said. Uh, I don't think it's really that hot of a take. Uh, look, it's incredibly impressive for a girl to be that athletic at that age, to still be able to hang with the boys, really, and uh, to be on a team that is good enough because what you got to remember is that these are all all-star teams, right? Mm-hmm. It's everyone, it's all the best players out of that little league, which means that the, that, that girl is one of the best 12 or uh, earth, how many players are on the roster like 13. 15 13 but she starts so best nine she's one of the best nine players in that entire little league it's
0: not only that but that team in which she was in very much an integral part of and certainly pulled her weight for is the best team in the state so that puts her into an entirely new bracket
2: Who is uh, is she on again? I'm sorry.
0: Um, I want to say in Texas.
2: Texas? Talk about a big state. I mean,
0: there's a lot of... Double check on that, but...
2: There's a lot of little leagues in Texas.
0: There's a lot of little leagues. There's a lot of little leagues in New York. I can't imagine how many are in Texas. Uh... Yes, she is on Texas. Hello running, pitcher catcher. Five three, a hundred pounds.
2: I mean, Texas. That's that's impressive.
0: The measurables. Um I I want her like, they don't have the fun bios on the World Series website. You know, the favorite food, chocolate cheese. If I were to go to an island, I'd bring my dad questions uh, and everything. Yeah wish they had those um
2: of the little league world series shall we talk about the the actual mlb game um, yeah i'm gonna
0: hand this over to you i was out tonight so i did not get to check check it out however i did get to see mike trout basically be the only thing that espn had to talk about for a couple hours during the day today as for starters they had a game in the that they were in the middle of and saw that the doppler was saying that the storm was about to be there and so they decided to the pause they put the game on pause for at least an hour and a half before any rain even came near the stadium and if if it took as long as it did for rain to get to the stadium there is no way i mean no way that there was lightning inside the parameters to be able to play so they 100 percent could have finished the game in a timely manner yeah. But instead, instead, they decide to delay for hours and hours on end on these poor kids. And what else did they have to do other than watch Mike Trout walk around the stadium and have this mob of kids ch- finally eventually notice he's there and start chasing him. Meanwhile, they happened to, just to finally find him right as he was about to go up and talk to the ESPN booth. So while he's walking up there, there's this mob of kids behind him. And of course, the mouse the mouse gets what he wants when he wants it, so he didn't have the opportunity to stop and sign everything then, but kids found their way. and uh, got his conversation. Joe Madden got a chance to sit down with the childrens and have a good time. Honestly, that's one of the coolest things in baseball. We talk about the field of dreams game. The Little League World Series classic is absolutely fantastic in my mind.
2: Oh yeah, it is absolutely awesome. Uh, and speaking of kids, kids getting autographs. So, of course, every kid wants an autograph from Shohei Otani. Well, also maybe people that aren't kids. Uh, LJ, you'll have to go on Twitter and find the clip. There was this guy who just happened to be. So there's about thirty little leaguers all running up to Shohei Ohtani trying to get an autograph along with like this 30 year old dude who's just like (laughs) there also trying to get an autograph and Shohei Ohtani is signing balls for every single kid except for this guy like he acting like he's just not even there like there's no way that Otani can't see this guy right in front of him acting like he's not even there and it was so funny because it's like look dude why are you going so try hard over a Shohei Otani autograph when clearly this whole event is for the kids to begin with
0: it is for the kids but you know what I would really hope that he gave it to him at the end, because that's what I would do if I was in Shohei Tani's place. This is one hundred and twenty percent about the kids. I'm gonna sign a ball and take pictures with every single kid I can while I can. However, if I get a spare moment where there's no kid there, heck yeah, I'll sign it for you. You you were you were, yeah. you were, you were committed, you were committed. But let's go back into a recurring theme of this whole: is Shohei Tani the face of baseball? Can he be the face of baseball? Until recently, was said to me that I finally got it. Shohei Otani might be the most marketable baseball player ever to this next generation, which is what the MLB really wants to suck in and attract. Because there is never going to be a player that little league age kids identify with more than Shohei Otani. Because every single kid in little league plays multiple positions every single good good to decent little leaguer pitches every single little, little leaguer plays the field and so to have a guy in the major leagues that does both just like you is so much easier to identify with than anything else you're going to see so that's why he gets so much love from these kids not just because of his of course great play on the field but because he's so much he plays the game very similar to them or how they would like to play it
2: yeah uh you know that's actually a great point and i think you can go beyond a little league think about even in high school how often you see guys play multiple spots in one day where you pitch and you hit you do whatever i mean Even in college, like we've seen legit D1 college players that pitch and hit. Mm -hmm. So this is not only a marketable guy for little leaguers, but for middle schoolers, high schoolers, college players. I mean, this guy is legitimately uh, the MLB's best asset right now, not to mention – the audience that he brings in from the pacific rim i mean well, all the the japanese audience that he that he commands is outstanding i mean you would have to imagine that the amount of mlb games being watched in japan has significantly gone up since shohei Otani and masahiro tanaka have uh hit and, and uh, come over and been good.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, because there really hasn't, I mean, no disrespect meant, if I forget somebody, since Ichiro, has there really been a superstar from Japan? Like
2: there was, So there was that one guy, Kosuke Fukudome, who was supposed to be a superstar. He made an all-star game, uh, but he was never like really good. He 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 was never, uh, you know, like a legitimate stud. And other than him, there was, yeah, I guess, I I guess there,
0: there have been there have been some good Japanese players.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. G Man Choi, Akiyama, uh What's the other one? Uh, what was his name on the race. Yoshi Satsugo.
0: Yeah, I mean, even. Even if you go back farther than that, you're going to find them, but they're not nearly at the scene level of gravitas. They're not the same draw from the Japanese audience that you're getting with a Shohei Otani. The other thing about Shohei is you talk about Japan, let's go through the rest of the Pacific Rim because I've heard stories through other podcasts and Twitter and stuff that lead me to believe that... One of the biggest markets that Shohei Otani has hurt is the Hyunjin Ryu market. Hyunjin Ryu is from South Korea, and a large portion of his fan base is far more interested in what Shohei Otani is doing right now than what Hyunjin Ryu was. And that's of like people that were like known to be huge Hyunjin Ryu supporters. So there, there's, not, there's, not a, there's not an area that this guy doesn't touch.
2: It's, we're so blessed to be able to see this guy play uh, every day. But LJ, let me get into what happened in this. uh,
0: Yeah, and then we'll do players of the week and then we'll wrap out.
2: Yeah, perfect. Uh, All right, so in this Indians Angels game, which was the Williamsport Classic. Hey, I guess I'll do a game recap because it was so short. Ahmed Rosario, bottom one, two-run home run, is eighth of the year, uh, puts the Indians up 2-0. Bottom four, Miles Straw hits into a 4 out makes it 3-0. The Indians pitch extremely well tonight. Cal Quantrill with another fantastic start as they shut out the Angels and win the Williamsport Classic 3 to nothing. The teams only combined for 10 hits. Uh, the pitching, like I said, Cal Quantrill for the Indians. Member, I gave my player of the week to him. What was that, two weeks ago?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah.
2: Two weeks ago, I gave him my player of the week. Seven innings, two hits of shutout ball, nine strikeouts. Excellent, excellent game from him. Yeah, that was your little league. Classic. Uh, also on ESPN, so that so the game was being broadcast on ESPN, ESPN two. They had a kids cast. Uh, just you know,
0: was there an MVP?
2: No, you know, I wish MVP. that they, I wish they did something like that. But basically, Shohei Otani, during the middle of the game was on FaceTime with the kids on the broadcast during the middle of the game just sitting in the dugout why not yeah i mean that's what makes the game honestly you know we talk about a field of dreams and everything lj do you like the mlb doing more games at at a neutral sites like this
0: yes i do and i'll tell you what this is something of course we are going to talk about we, I, I keep I keep pre- I keep previewing throughout the season this great talk about our ways to make baseball better and more exciting conversation, which we'll probably have in either September or more, more likely October and November. That's when- going to
2: be like all around the CBA time I, I, I Honestly, if like we can do that right when the CBA stuff is going down, that would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, so. This is something that I think every single league can benefit from and learn from with soccer. One of the best parts of soccer is the fact that it's not not everything is about one definitive end all be-all championship. There are other things to be happy about. Baseball is better than most in the fact that it still gives some, there's still feels like there's some some form of weight, minute weight to the division title. But yeah, other we'll than we'll that,
2: the playoffs. What? Or just or just the making the playoffs. Yeah, but
0: that's that's again isn't really the same, I think, as like actually being like, you're the one winner of like you're the one winner of the division. I I, I firmly believe that the quote unquote AL pennant should come back to the regular season. Like you you may not be the ALCS winner, you may not go to the World Series, but you won the American League in the regular season. That should be its own award. But I like the fact that there are midseason tournaments. Give me one good reason. I know, all right, actually, I, I, I already know a good reason not to. But it would be a pain in the ass to schedule. However, think about this. A four-team invitational tournament. Either at, for, the, for the Williamsport Classic. I originally proposed it for the Field of Dreams game. What you do, you have four teams and you slot all of them in around the same, in that same stretch of games for each other. So you play game one, the semifinal of the tournament, then the final of the tournament, and then all of those teams go play each other in succession right after that in the schedule. So that way you have, technically, you have a couple like one game series but really they the rest of that series gets continued right after that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it, it would be cool, but you're right, it would be a pain in the ass to schedule something like that and then trying It'd be
0: really to Really hard, but if you if you did it, like if you built that part of the schedule directly around that, I don't think it's that much of an inconvenience.
2: Right, but we we already complain about the schedule as it is. I don't think we realize how much how many like exceptions are made in the schedule to begin with. There are certain teams that tell the, the, the uh, schedule makers, we don't want to play in the city on this weekend because uh, we have some sort of festival in town and we won't get as good of attendance. Like they, they maximize their profits to no end just on that front can you imagine that telling an owner, okay, so you're going to make no extra, uh, money and you're going to have to lose four or like two or three home games. Uh, they would just, it's just the owners are so. Not
0: necessarily at, at maximum under my idea, you could lose two home games.
2: Right. But, uh, I guess from like a and scheduling aspect, it would it would be because...
0: From a scheduling aspect, I don't know. I, I still think it's very much possible. And if we're talking about losing home games, if you did it like that, un- under this current neutral site system, yes, you do lose money. Overall, I still think it's absolutely worth it to do these neutral site games. They're very exciting. But if you made it an invitational tournament And you either, even if you, whether you made a cash prize for the players or whatever, either way, not only are you going to be able to get an added national television audience, which I'm sure the teams would get a bonus from if they're willing to take a home, take away a home game, but also if you win, even if you don't win, if just for being invited, you can sell quite a bit of merchandise. And that's extra hype you can get around your team, extra money that's extra revenue that you're not going to get without that type of tournament. Overall, I'd have to think that that balances out. Like if you lose two home games, but win the tournament and get to sell all of the tournament shirts and foam fingers and all sorts of other various products you get after World Series hats. Yeah, Um, I guess. I guess. I think overall, it, I
2: got to think about it. It could work. But uh, yeah, LJ, shall we get on to our players of the week? Sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to go first. Let's go with Tristan McKenzie. LJ, the last seven days, he's pitched 15 innings. He has a 0.6 ERA. He's 2-0. He struck out more batters than anyone with 19 strikeouts. He's only allowed three hits, one walk, and one earned run. Clearly the best pitcher this week, player this week.
0: Okay, fair. 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 Full disclosure, I 120 percent was going to give mine to Tristan McKenzie, but I oh. respect I respect the fact that Brandon gets to go first every week. So instead, I will flip <laughs> okay. around to my second. Okay. <laughs> I will flip around to my second option here, and that is, Brandon. If the Martians come down with their death laser pointed at the Earth and say, "You need to get this last out." Give me Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, Bobby Ray for the Toronto Blue Jays. Bobby Ray, Bobby Ray. Eight innings, of course, only gets the gets the one start. Has a twelve point three eight strikeouts per nine in those eight innings. So that's what eleven strikeouts. One point one three ERA. More impressively, we're talking about a one war game week for Tristan McKenzie over 15 innings including a lot of perfect innings from him he gets to one more Robbie Ray gets to 0.7 in one start in half as many innings that that right there that's value and so you know what despite the no decision you you look at him FIP was fantastic 0.42 um of course the 1.3 ERA left 80% of his runners on base and overall just a great solid week from Robbie Ray. Well done.
2: Yeah. uh, Congrats to both of those guys. I was going to give it to Luke Voigt. That was my second choice, uh, but didn't want to have to, you know, give the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, all right. I think that that's a good spot to call this show. Thank you all for, uh, listening be sure to check us out instagram twitter tiktok at mlb daily pod play the trivia game on our twitter and uh, yeah we'll see you guys tomorrow see you mañana. lucky land casino
0: asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky